We have, to have a, we have to have a proper start to an episode like we're fucking professional. <laughs> the conversation <laughs> reading old and or bad sometimes both books right poppy style old lady kiss is not my kick <laughs> yeah okay uh, my social life begs to differ let's get back to the your book. social life you have friends everywhere you literally cannot walk outside without people tracking you down and aggressively trying to be friends with you okay so the crazy homeless people and people on drugs <laughs> don't fucking count i have wow they're real people too bad <laughs> <laughs> barely i have six friends across two states and even though it's like it's a, it's a lot it's a, it's a lot to deal with and three, no, four of those six just despise me as a person. <laughs> yeah, but, like, probably three of those also, like, identify as a they. So that counts as, like, four people, right? <laughs> <laughs> Back to the book. <laughs> I know where we're at now. All right. I have a new chapter, which makes it very easy to start. At two hours. We'll cut out all of that. Will. <laughs> we will. And by we, will, by I will, mean, you mean me. You, you, you will Same cut out will. all of that. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of editing. Oh, man. All right. Well, don't hit record so early. <laughs> you fucking dumbass. It's pretty funny venture, though. Was it? <laughs> when I have time to, like, edit all the behind the scenes or cut out stuff, I mean, people... Like, Your funny banter is just me being mad or sad about things. <laughs> yes. Back to the goddamn book. <laughs> you know how many comedians like were in therapy and the therapist was like, just go do comedy for a while? <laughs> it's me. I'd fail at that too. Let's go, let's go back to the book. Chapter 32. Found. Finally. Which I actually don't like how he puts kind of the, you know, what happens in the, the chapter title. I don't like that we had an entire flashback that was like eight fucking pages long of them just being in a cave. <laughs> that was that was fucking stupid. The actual plot line completely ignored for this fucking cave flashback. Yeah. All right. I mean, Injun Joe was there. Yeah. Congratulations. We got three sentences of plot in this entire last chapter, which is remarkably long. <laughs> That was a long one. All right, let's see if we can blow through these four pages. Let's do it. Tuesday afternoon came and waned to the twilight. The village of St. Petersburg still mourned. The lost children had not been found. Public prayers had been offered up for them, and many and many a private prayer that had the petitioner's whole heart in it. But still no good news came from the cave. The majority of searchers had given up the quest and gone back to their daily advocations, saying that it was plain that children could never be found. <laughs> I looked for a whole afternoon, Nate, they gone. <laughs> Miss Thatcher was very ill, and a great part of the time delirious. People said it was heartbreaking to hear her call child and raise her head and listen a whole minute at the time, then lay it warily down again with a moan. 
Aunt Polly had dropped into a settled melancholy, and her gray hair had grown almost white. The village went to its rest on Tuesday night, sad and forlorn. So they're missing three days now. Yep. Because they left Saturday. Yep. Away in the middle of the night, a wild pearl burst from the village bells, and in a moment the streets were swarming with frantic, half-clad people. <laughs> Sounds a lot like the cave. <laughs> <laughs> Hugh shouted, Turn out! Turn out! They're found! They're found! Why do we all have to be here for this? Shouldn't only the parents be here for this? They're not my kids. I That's, don't care. <laughs> it's very different back then, apparently. Tin pans and horns were added to the din. The population massed itself and moved towards the river. Met the children coming in an open carriage drawn by shouting citizens. Thronged around it, joined its homeward march, and swept magnificently up the main street, roaring huzzah after huzzah. The village was illuminated. Nobody went to bed again, and it was the greatest night the little town had ever seen. Ugh, sounds exhausting. <laughs> oh, weird. The boy that disappeared before also appeared again. Who faked again. his death? Ah, <laughs> uh, he's back. He's back, and he didn't fake his death this time. Yeah. Amazing. And he was in the cave with a young, pure woman for three days. Oh, amazing. Won't read anything into that? <laughs> Nothing to look for in there. I hate the stupid book. Darted. <laughs> During the first half hour, a procession of villagers filed through Judge Thatcher's house, seized the saved ones, and kissed them, squeezed Miss Thatcher's hand, tried to speak, but couldn't, and drifted out, raining tears all over the place. I'm sorry, did did the preacher kiss the saved children and then shake the hands of the adults? Villagers. Oh, that's worse. Everybody. (laughs) Didn't realize this town was run by Disney. (laughs) Aunt Polly's happiness was complete, and Miss Thatcher's nearly so. It would be complete, however, as soon as the messenger dispatched with great news to the cave should get word to her husband. Tom lay upon a sofa with an eager auditory about him and told the history of the wonderful adventure, putting in many striking additions to adorn it with all. Yeah, I was going to say, like, your your story of we were lost in a fucking cave and our candles went out and we just sat there by the water ain't really exciting. Yeah. Like, and and then we found crab people and we fought them. Well, he, <laughs> like, he's probably also leaving out the part where they saw a murderer. Probably. He's a dumbass. And closed with a description of how he left Becky... And went on an exploring expedition. How he followed two avenues as far as his kite line would reach. How he followed a third to the fullest stretch of the kite line. And was about to turn back when he glimpsed a far-off speck of what looked like daylight. Dropped the line and groped towards it. Pushed his head and shoulders through a small hole. And saw the broad Mississippi rolling by. What? <laughs> he means the Mississippi River. Yeah, so he just found a, a hole to outside? Yeah. I'm not even questioning it. Go on. I mean, it's a cave. Nope. There can be Yeah, sure. Holes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> pro tip. This is something I learned firefighting. If you are in a smoky or dark room, find a wall 
put one shoulder against it, left or right, doesn't matter, and always keep that wall on that shoulder, and you won't get lost. Yeah, it's the same as if you're ever in a labyrinth or a maze. If you put one hand on the right wall and then move forward, you will eventually find either the center of the maze or the other exit. It is a very straightforward strategy and uh, pretty simple. Is a corn maze called a maze maze? A corn maze is a maze maze. Have you seen the corn maze? Made is there an Billy... amazing maze maze? Well, no. Hear me out. <laughs> Have you seen the fact that they made a corn maze in the shape of the OxyClean spokesperson Billy Maze's face uh, into a maze? Are you saying there's an amazing maze maze maze? There is a Billy Maze 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 maze. And there's an amazing. amazing Billy Maze 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 maze? It is pretty amazing. Because it's also a very amazing. large maze. But it is a Billy Maze 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 maze. So there's an amazing Billy Maze maze maze. Yes. I want to go. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and if it had only happened to be night, he would not have seen the speck of daylight. And he would not have explored that passage anymore. He told how he went back for Becky and broke the good news, and she told him not to fret her with such, for she was tired and she was going to die and wanted to. Ben. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I don't care about your hope. Let me die. <laughs> he described how he labored with her and convinced her, and how she almost died for joy when she had groped to where she actually saw the blue speck of daylight. How he pushed his way out at the hole and then helped her out. How they sat there and cried for gladness. How some men came along in a skiff and Tom hailed them and told them their situation and their famished condition. Wow, so the entire town full of men going to go into Teen Fuck Cave. None of them, except for the one murderous criminal who walked by all of them without being seen, <laughs> found these fucking kids. Is he going find their own goddamn way out of the cave? <laughs> well, at, at this point, I think that the introduction of Engine Joe and the fleeing Spaniard was just Mark Twain trying to slow us down through banter. Yeah. Fuck this book. Fuck this cave. This is retarded. <laughs> Tom held, hailed them and told them their situation and their famished condition. How the men didn't believe the wild tale at first. Because, they said, you're five miles down the river below the valley the cave is in. Look, I know that there's two lost children that Ev's been all upset about, but you can't possibly be the two lost children that Ev's all upset about, even though you tell me that you're two lost children. Covered in that's, cave dirt yeah, and clearly emaciated. That, that's five miles away, which nobody has ever traveled that far, ever. <laughs> ever. No human being has ever moved five yeah. miles when lost. <laughs> you shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> Uh, I hope all of them die. I hope this book ends in a nuclear holocaust. <laughs> it's my only saving hope. Then took them aboard, rode to a house, gave them supper, made them rest till two or three hours after dark, and then brought them home. Before day dawn... I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really dumb term. Oh, yeah, day dawn. Not to be confused with night dawn. <laughs> I mean, I like daybreak, day dawn. 
Like a ding dong. <laughs> God damn it. Before day dawn, Judge Thatcher and the handful of searchers with him were tracked out in the cave and by twine cl- were tracked out in the cave by the twine clues they had strung behind them and informed of the great news. Three days and nights of toil and hunger in the cave were not to be shaken off at once, as Tom and Becky soon discovered. They were bedridden all of Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, oh no, I have to miss. I have to miss school. I'm so, I'm so tired and hungry. Ah. Well, I was thinking being bedridden is what got most of the teenagers into problems in that cave. <laughs> And seemed to grow more and more tired and worn all the time. Tom got about a little on Thursday and downtown Friday. And nearly as whole as ever on Saturday. But Becky did not leave her room until Sunday. And then looked as if she had passed through a wasting illness. Tom learned of Huck's sickness and went to see him on Friday. But could not be admitted to the bedroom. Neither could he on Saturday or Sunday. Oh, we don't let let homeless vagrants in to see the patients. <laughs> he was admitted daily after that, but was warned to keep still about his adventures and induce no exciting topic. The widow Douglas stayed by to see that he obeyed. At home, Tom learned of the Cardiff Hill event. Also that the ragged man's Body had eventually been found in the river near the ferry landing. He had been drowned while trying to escape, perhaps. Who? Who's the ragged man? That, uh, that's what I'm asking you. Like, I don't. That, that's not a. Who? I don't remember that. Audience, write in and remind us who the fucking <laughs> ragged man is. Because, uh. No idea. Not ringing a bell at all. About a fortnight after Tom's rescue from the cave, he started off to visit Huck, who had grown pleasantly strong now to hear exciting talk. And Tom had some that would interest him, he thought. Judge Thatcher's house was on Tom's way, and he stopped to see Becky. The judge and some friends set Tom to talking, and someone asked him, ironically, if he would like to go to the cave again. Tom said he thought he wouldn't mind. The judge said, Well, there are others like you, Tom, I've not the least doubt. But we have taken care of that. Nobody will get lost in that cave anymore. We've partitioned uh, equal side fuck rooms for all of you crazy teens and your dalliances, and nobody will ever get lost in the crevasse of fuck cave again. <laughs> You're not that wrong. <laughs> Stay in the cum rooms, kids. (laughs) Why? Because I had its big door sheathed with the boiler iron two weeks ago. And triple locked. And I've got the keys. Tom turned as white as a sheet. What's the matter, boy? Here, run somebody. Fetch a glass of water. The water was brought and thrown into Tom's face. (laughs) (laughs) Fetch a glass of water. Splash! What the fuck you looking at me, boy? (laughs) 
<laughs> also, that is not the direction I was trying to go. I also did not realize that Becky Thatcher's dad was the only judge in this entire county. And he's down with waterboarding. <laughs> yeah, he's like, fuck you. Tell me. Tell me the truth. <laughs> I'll wall boy the shit out of you, Paris. <laughs> are, you, are you white? Yes. All right, we're done. Go get, go get him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now you're all right. What's the matter with you, Tom? Oh, Judge. Engine Joe's in the cave. So why are you scared about that? Oh, we sealed off the cave. Nobody can get out. But the murderer who wants to murder me is in there. You gotta save him. Yeah. What? (laughs) One, I don't have a problem with that. Two, he just said he put a boiler door on the cave entrance. (laughs) But Tom got out of a different place. He did squeeze, though. And he's a kid. Um, regardless, if my worst enemy was sealed in a cave with a door with triple locks and the guy was like, I have all the keys. Nobody's ever getting out of there. I wouldn't be like, but you have to let him out. I hate him. Is, <laughs> like, I'd be like, yeah, no, fuck him. Is your worst enemy searching for the Amontillado? The Amontillado. <laughs> I mean, he, he became did, kind did, of... Did he accost me with overt friendliness? Yeah, he was kind of insufferable through the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying, Tom's a bit of a dipshit. Oh, really? Throwing out those controversial opinions, Ben. Yeah. But Tom, in this nonsense book, genociding turtles... Turtle genocide, weird clown sex... Uh, uh, very molesty. Yeah, in the woods um, with pantless sword fights. Hanging out with tugboat kids, doing ritual spells. Hanging out with tugboat kids so far is the most normal thing he's done and, <laughs> in this book. Oh, how young and foolish we were. <laughs> yeah, we thought 20 that was weeks weird. ago. And it turns out that was the most normal this book would ever get. Are we done with this chapter? We finished the chapter. Thank God. That is the end of chapter... Was it 23? <sighs> 32. 32. So we got four chapters left. I believe so. So we are on page 249. And the end of the book is... 272. So if we keep doing two chapters a week, we'll get this done. Well, I mean, we have to. This is going to be, like, it's been ramped up so much. But now, at this point, it's going to be like, while he's dying and choking on his own blood, there's not going to be any satisfaction. There's just going to be the empty hollowness of knowing a job that had to be done of slaying oh, the son of a bitch. Yeah. I uh, know. I mean, our baseline is stabbing his grave, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, Anything we're above gonna, that is a win. We're going to do that. But I'm just saying, like, killing him. I want it to be more satisfying than it's going to be. <laughs> I cannot wait. I'm excited for it, but at the same time, I know that when he dies, choking on his own blood, looking at me, I'm going to be warped back into a future that is essentially unchanged because it only didn't get worse because we killed him. <laughs> and I'm just going to be tired and sad. <laughs> ben, any future in your reality where Mark Twain isn't throwing on the N-word, is a win. Well, no, because he still would have published those books. Not if he's dead. Okay, again, you're you're missing the point. 
we kill him before he ascends to being the new galactic Lord Xenu. Well, that's my plan. Yeah. So, essentially, we kill him before he makes things worse yeah. in his image. New plan. How hot was Mark Twain's mom? <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that ends the last chapter. I will, we're still drinking Old Crow. We're still having a great time. We will see you next week, uh, folks. So much fun. See you I'm, next week. I'm still Noah. <laughs> so I'm still Ben. Merry Christmas, maybe, or possibly past Christmas. I don't know. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to the podcast. You can reach us by email, Ben and Noah Roast Books at gmail.com. 